Blog Talk Radio. You ready? It's time to start. This should be played at high volume. This is the Andrea Shea Game Show. And I'm just a gal like any other gal. That's cool. You know what this is. What is this? The Andrea Shea King Show. It's me, don't you remember? We were just talking about you. Totally amazing. Thank you. The Andrea Shea King Show. I think you've got something there. Andrea Shea King. You're really going to like it. Quite understandable. Is on the air. Something's definitely going on here. Take my word for it. Now. Come on. It's showtime. Make it so. Ready, go. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the program. And uh, if I sound a little different to you tonight, it's because I'm actually uh, calling into the show on my iPhone and using um, the uh, the earbuds that have that have the wire and the microphone attached to them. And the reason for that is because Blog Talk Radio has a, a posted a, a, a message saying that the direct connect feature is currently out of order. Please use your telephone or Skype to dial into your host line. So I can't use the, the typical way I call in, you know, plug in and all that. So, but that actually I think is going to work out better because tonight we're going to do something different. And what I want you to do, if you're listening now, is get your computer, get, your, get in front of your computer, and I want you to bring up the following um, link. Okay, and it is it is the um, the QAnon message board because we're going to be going through this tonight, and I've got um, a, a audio that I'm going to play for you of Dr. Jerry Corsi uh, analyzing the latest messages from QAnon. So here's what I want you to do: I want you to type in in your message, you know, your little URL field. Uh, qcodefag.github.io. I'm going to spell it for you, okay, so don't freak. It's q c o d e f a g dot g i t h u b dot i o. So when you read it out loud, it looks like qcodefag.github. Um, let's see. If you got um, uh, okay, I just want to make sure that we've got sound. Uh, have we? Have you got sound? Let's make sure you do. Uh, audio okay? We're doing our checks. Yes, okay. Robert's saying audio is okay. Great. All right, terrific. Well, um, and let me say hello to the folks who are joining us in the chat room. We've got a few guests in there, and uh, Golf Dogs, Beverly in Kentucky, Robert. Um, folks are still making their way in. Nice to have you with us this evening. And I've asked Robert to uh, kind of be the the, uh, the courier here, the messenger, to keep posting that link as newcomers come into the chat room to remind them, get in front of your computer so that you can follow along, okay? Because it's going to be a little, it's, it's going to take, well, let me just, just follow along. All right, also hi to the folks who are on the phone lines listening in on uh, area code 518 and 570. Uh, you can call in and listen to the program on your phone as well. Call in at 646-478-4604. Again, that's 646-478-4604. Okay, I see that area code 401 has dialed in as well. And I want to tell 401 to get, your, get in front of your computer and go to the website for um, the QAnon. We're going to be going through his latest messages. And that website, jot it down, type it up, Q code fag, C-O-D-E-F-A-G dot 
GitHub, G-I-T-H-U-B dot I-O, all right? Okay, um, and of course, Robert's in the chat room, and he's going to be reminding the newcomers uh, by posting that uh, website in the chat room. So if you're listening on the phone and you don't know where to go for it, just launch the chat room if you can, and you can, uh, if you can. <laughs> And if you can't and you don't know what we're talking about, you want to watch it, you want to see it, just press one. And uh, if I can, if, if I notice it, I will uh, bring you up or I will repeat it. Let's just let's just put it that way, okay? All right, let's get started. Um, the New York Times has uh, posted an, uh, an article that Trump ordered Mueller fired but backed off. It's in big red headlines on the Drudge Report right now. I'm not going to go to it because we've got way too much uh, we've only got two hours, and I mean, really, you can read about it later, okay? But I will tell you, though, that um, he has, uh, uh, President Trump, has he's a rock star in Davos. He arrived yesterday, and everybody wanted to be with him, be around him, take selfies with him, take pictures. I mean, he is a rock star. And what we're going to be talking about tonight with Q's latest post ties in with Davos, ties in with his meeting, with President Trump's meeting with Britain's Prime Minister, Theresa May. It also ties in with the FBI's text messages that were uncovered today by the DOJ. It also ties in with Pizzagate. It, it really kind of links everything together, which is why I want to play this for you while you are on the QAnon page. Dr. Corsi met with uh, two guys who, uh, they call themselves the Calm Before the Storm, CBTS, and they do these um, videos where they talk about, they discuss what does Q mean by this. They, they try to decipher it. And so far, I I really think that Dr. Corsi has the best handle on what Q is intimating in his sometimes cryptic messages, but not so much anymore. So we're going to do that, okay? We're going to get into that. Let me uh, click off of that tab. Uh, let's see. Okay, we mentioned that the fact that the DOJ says they found the missing text messages. I was over at, um, I think it was uh, the conservative treehouse, and uh, Sundance has posted uh, a PDF of the uh, text messages. Kind of interesting, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of cryptic, <laughs> like, like Q's uh, messages, because you really don't know exactly what they're talking about, the, the conversation going back and forth between Peter Strzok and uh, Lisa Page. So anyway, check that out. You, you can go do that on your own. That's, I mean, you know, yeah, it's the conservative treehouse. Uh, Chairman Chuck Grassley releases new batch of FBI text messages and questions FBI Director Chris Gray. So, and that's happening too. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready? Okay. All right. I'm hoping that you have your uh, QAnon page in front of you. QCodeBag.GitHub.io. All right. All right. We're going to get started here, and I'm going to be playing um, a video which you're not going to be able to see, obviously, but you're going to be able to hear it through my microphone because I'm going to be playing it through my computer, which is why I said maybe it's just as well that I didn't, couldn't dial in because Blog Talk Radio is having a problem with their Zingaya Direct Connect, uh, which forced me to call into the show on my iPhone, 
okay, using my earbuds with the little microphone that's attached to the wire. So, and that's fine. That's fine because I think this is going to actually work out better. So I want to start by saying that Q posted five um, new messages today. And um, we're going to go through them. And as we go through them, Jerry Corsi, Dr. Corsi, is going to be explaining um, what he thinks they mean. And I've, I think it's pretty amazing. I really do. So, and, it, and it's pretty much going to take up most of the show. So settle back, listen, and here we go. Ready? Here we go. I mean, there's been so many here. We're going to, this is, um, uh, let's start out with this one. Um, that it was January 24th yesterday at 1454.08. So that's about 2 o'clock this one. About 3 o'clock. Yeah, that's a good starting point. Yeah, All right. just, you want to read it? Yeah, I'll read it. I'll read them out and then we'll uh, just discuss them one by one. And, and can you post it too? Can the people see it while we're doing this? Can that be happening? Yeah, actually, yes, sir. It's, it's actually it's actually up on our stream right now, so they okay, can follow right. along. Okay, so go ahead and read it. Alrighty. So this post here begins today. Former President Barack Hussein Obama formally retained counsel. Nine slash WW. God bless you all. Q. Well, this one was very important. I mean, it, it just came out of the blue, and that uh, that Obama has gotten legal counsel means Obama understands now that the investigation's turning on him. Um, it, it even goes back to that game that Assange, remember that chess game that Assange posted, which I, I spent a lot of time on. It was a game that Capablanca played in 1918 with Marshall. And that game, and that game was famous because um, first, a marshal who played black had a massive attack, very brilliant attack, uh, uncontroversial at the time, unorthodox. And Capablanca, who was a genius, maybe the best chess player ever, blocked it. And very few people could have blocked it. Uh, marshal should have won that game. And then White re reorganizes and starts an attack against a black, which in about four moves is absolutely clear he's going to win. How's my sound coming through? Is it okay for everybody? Perfect. It's wonderful. All right, anyway. I, I hope right. uh, everybody listening in feels the same. And, and so then, look, the attack, white, about four moves, is clear Capablanca is going to win unless he makes a bad mistake. But the key of the game is uh, a rook on the left, at, at square A1 from white, um, had been sleeping and had not been able to get into the game. And Capablanca freed it. The, the rook advances up to a6, and that's critical to the end of the game. So what you can read is what, what Assange was saying, and I recognize that game right away. Anybody who's really advanced in chess sees that game and knows what it is. Uh, it's one of 10 or 12 games everybody studies. But initially, um, the forces against Trump, launched the attack, a coup, which you know, included both FBI, DOJ, and CIA at the head, and thought they were going to take Trump out, beat him in the election, or keep him from getting uh, inaugurated. Well, that failed, because Trump countered it. And, and Trump is much smarter than most people will give him credit for. I know him, known him for a long time, 
40 years, and, and everybody always underestimates Trump. Um, he has been the way of um, convincing people to do that, I've, I've noticed, convincing people to underestimate him, his, his enemies. It's, it's, very, it's amazing to watch it in action. He invites you to underestimate him. Um, but in the meantime, he's counting your eyelashes. Um, so then, you know, then Trump has begun a counterattack, and it's just beginning now. Yeah, so how do you say these uh, these pieces in the game are, are uh, or who do you think represents all the pieces in this game? Because you seem to be saying that uh, this this post we're covering here is uh, kind of a reflection of this this chess game. Yeah, it's a reflection of how it's playing out. Ultimately, Assange is going to come out, and so will Snowden, and the two of them are going to have devastating information, just devastating information. Okay, now, when you play that game the way it's being played, um, essentially, you've got a counter-cue going on, a counter-attack going on that is a counter-coup. I mean, about three years ago, I had information that a group in the military was ready to pull off a coup d'etat against Hussein, or against Obama. They're going to remove him from office. And they decided not to do it. I got a call from a couple of generals saying they called it off. Well, the generals were very important in, in convincing Trump to run. And now what they're doing is, with Trump in place, after they've gotten rid of the Priebuses and the other toadies from the Republican National Committee, and all those guys out the door, including Bannon out the door. Um, and, and, you know, I like Bannon. I've known Bannon for a long time. But this, what they've done is they put the generals around Trump. They're going to protect Trump, and they're going to launch the counter. They're going to do the coup now, which is really basically now a counter coup. And this is a counterattack that Capablanca has launched with White. And in the process, they're preparing to let the Rook come into play, which is Assange and Snowden, which will be part of the endgame. Now, if Obama went and got counsel, and by the way, there's nine WW, you know, there's all kinds of messages, meaning WW is worldwide, Wizards and Warlocks, Wizards and Warlocks, Wet, wet Works, right. How about Wilkinson and Walsh? Yes, there's yeah. also that. Have you have you heard about the yeah? Uh, yeah, there's a law firm, a big law firm, and uh, it, it's not a very big. It's kind of a boutique law firm in D.C. But a couple of key people from the Obama administration have moved over there. Ah, who, you know who specifically that is? Yeah, I just was looking at it this morning, but I have to go back and there, there are a couple of people who advised them on national security policy. Let me just take a second here. I'll look at it. It's what's the name? How do you spell? Oh, it's yeah. It's Wilkinson Walsh. Okay, Wilkinson and Walsh, and the White House Associate Counsel. I'll give you his name here. Rakesh Kalaru, K-I-K-I-L-A-R-U. He joined Wilkinson and Walsh in March 2017. Now, what was his position again? Again. He, um, associate counsel in the office of White House counsel, provided legal advice to Obama and senior administration officials focusing on health care, education, labor and employment, housing, and the Supreme Court. He also helped to develop and implement the government's litigation strategy 
in cases arising under the Affordable Care Act and the Fair Labor Standards Act. Okay, now he, before joining the White House, he was a clerk for Elena Kagan of the Supreme Court and uh, Judge Wilkinson of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit. Okay, so he's had a he, he's had a good he, uh, Stanford Law School member of the Stanford Supreme Court Litigation Clinic clinic and a notes editor in the Stanford Law Review. Um, Wilkinson and Walsh has about 30 lawyers. I don't know that this is the firm that uh, Obama has hired, but it's certainly with this guy, uh, Kilaru, going over there would make sense. Uh, he's a talented litigator. He's a very, very bright guy, and he's highly capable on policy issues, and he's comfortable with Obama. Now, he lacks criminal experience, but Obama can you know, you pick a key lawyer to lead your team, and then you build around it. Right. Well, see, I think I think this is interesting. I, I did not know that about this one individual being a um, holding a position on in the uh, Obama White House as a um, you know, counsel. But uh, I don't know if you've heard about this. I'm sure you have. But uh, do you recall yesterday hearing about uh, former President Obama officiating a wedding? Yeah, no, that's another bizarre one. I was yeah. at this this morning too. Um, first of all. It, it was hard to know what they meant by officiating a wedding, right? Because he was, you know, he he it was like the chair, it was like the, you know, a, a kind of like a hostmaster rather than the minister. Well, in twenty in twenty sixteen, uh, Biden apparently had gotten a permit through DC to be able to do that himself because DC does not do temporary permits to allow people to officiate. Apparently, and there was an article on Washingtonian here that stated that that's what Obama did was get the temporary permit. Right, and of course, you know, what does wedding really mean to these people? You know, I mean, so it was he helped tie the knot for Dana Remus. Yeah, the specifically interesting part is who he married his senior counsel when he was in the White House, who now serves as counsel for his presidential foundation, and Brett Holgram, his former senior director of intelligence of the National Security Council. First of all, I don't know anything about these two people, but married people can't testify against each other. Our thoughts, exactly. Yep. Okay. And... Um, he, uh, you know, this, it's bizarre that he would come in and, and officiate this wedding. And I guess what had happened was uh, this report is January 23rd, so it sounds like it happened this week. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think the, the news article itself dropped yesterday. Uh, I think that's right. Yeah, it must have been very recent. 23rd, the 23rd, maybe it dropped Tuesday. It dropped Tuesday. Okay, so Obama is clearly um, understands that the uh, attack, the initial attack to have Trump removed, now that he's in there for a year in office, Trump is, um, has failed. Okay, and I want to talk about that in a minute because we'll get into that. I think it's also gone into a bit of an assassination phase. Right. And I think that's the next threat. And in fact, I heard yesterday there was an assassination attempt. I was trying to track down. I finally 
got it down. There was some guy evidently in a car with long weapons. Uh, they picked up around the White House. At least that's what I was told. I talked to the Secret Service yesterday, and they would not confirm that there was any attempt on the president. In fact, some of them were kind of surprised to hear about it. The guys I talked to would have known had there been a real serious threat. But at any rate, uh, I think that the discussion we're going to find in these missing um, emails from the lovers, you know, from um, Strozek and Page, and, uh, are going to be talking about it. And Q said that in an earlier memo, the earlier drop, is are going to be talking about assassination. Yeah, speaking of those text messages, uh, I've uh, heard that Fox News is saying that the DOJ – um, is claiming to have recovered those text messages now? Uh, else they, I saw that it was reported. Uh, the messages are clearly available. Wait a second. Yeah. Okay, I got that. Yeah, that, that stuff does not go anywhere. It's just, there's no deleting. No, they're, they're gonna, the NSA has it. Hold on a second. Of course. I just got a, a text message I had to answer. Okay, um, let's go to the next one now. Okay, we got the pen. That's the pen. Yeah, we found some interesting things about that. I think you were just actually discussing the same things we came up with in voice chat before we uh, before we came in here. It's a uh, was it a Mont Blanc? Mont Blanc pen. Yeah, Mont Blanc Starwalker Extremes uh, screenwriter pen. I mean, it's a it's a classy pen. Uh, but what it's elegant, not, you know. It, it, it's also easy to write with. I mean, I can imagine why Trump would like it. It's certainly not a cheap pen. No, I mean, but Montflux, this he probably gets it for under a thousand bucks. I mean, between eight hundred and twelve hundred, depending on which pen he got. Um, but you know, in New York City, for a quality pen, it's like watches. You know, they <laughs> cost a lot of money. Yeah, I imagine they last you a lifetime too. But, um, not necessarily. Trump probably will lose a half a dozen of them in a year. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's a question about that, and we were talking about this earlier. Um, if there might be some significance to the naming of the file that he saved and posted here, which would be RTM, um, and what RTM might mean, if anything. But of course, there's no coincidences, and usually the file names have uh, longer. Code or whatever, or just randomized. Now, this one here actually says rtm.png. Release the memo, right? That's the first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, now also, look, um, it's not the first time that um, QAnon has shown a pen. Uh, the pen has a couple of significances. One is that um, it, it kind of shows QAnon is with the president. He did that at Camp David, if you'll remember. Yeah, I believe once before that as well, once or twice. And when he, when he has it with the page down, and of course you can see this page, it's upside down. So in reverse letters, you can see it's White House stationery. Usually that means he's just the president has just signed that document. Now right, and after signing, he, uh, he turns it face down. And uh, interesting, okay. He takes a picture of it. Right. And so I, I think that document is the, you know, the president had something like five days to give an approval to release this Nunes memo. Uh, there were you no know, classification issues on it. And I think he just gave 
signing that, the approval to release the memo that he needed to give in order for it to be released. Now, there probably still has to be a vote in the committee. It's probably not ready quite yet to be released, but it means to me it's advancing. And that it, that's what rtm.png, it's a, you know, a PNG of, RTM released the memo. Here's the pen. He's just signed it. Turn the page over upside down. That's White House stationery. If you could read that White House stationery, it would be the executive order to release the memo. Yeah, I think one of the other things that, uh, and um, I think we discussed this on a previous stream, but I think one of the other things that was signed uh, that day was the um, authorization for all the the new judges, like this new round of judges coming in, replacing oh, yeah. going retiring judges? Uh, yes, it probably is. I think this is just the pen that he used to do the, because the, the RTM.png suggests to me that that's what this is all about. There we go. Eight nominations set to Senate today. I don't think this is that. Yeah, the RTM would imply um, release the memo. Nothing to do with the memo. Release the memo. How could we like even? How are we even? I don't understand how we don't. We're not on the same page about that. It has to be release the memo. It has to be released the memo. Right. And also, by the way, look, the pen that Trump, people are also saying, well, it's not the pen you see when Trump is signing legislation. Okay, when he's signing legislation. He's using a Century 2 black lacquer and gold rollerball pen that's made by A.T. Cross. Okay? Now, why did he do that? Well, they're not, they're, it's still an elegant pen, but it's cheaper. He, he's not going to give away $1,000 Montblanc pens every time he signs the bill. They can buy these A.T. Crosses by the truckload if they want them and give them away. Okay, so people will say, well, you know, it doesn't look like the pen Trump uses when he's signing legislation. That's right. This is the pen that Trump is currently using as his personal pen. Okay. All right. Now let's go to the next one. Let's, this is the one that got dropped uh, today. It started things off at about noon. You want to um, talk about what this one is? Uh, yes, sure. let me, let me we have a. Go ahead. We have a picture. We have a picture. Uh, it has a Q post. It's from Fox News, it, and the headline is uh, "Dems hashtag release the memo is tied to Russian bot," and the um, file name is qff.jpg. So it's uh, Q Fox and Friends JPEG. Pretty simple, straightforward. Uh, the text of this Q post reads. Thank you, F and F, exclamation point. So thank you, Fox and Friends. Coincidence? And then we have AT&T, and then um, I want to say a greater than symbol, less than symbol, to no such agency contract. AT&T with the same symbol, uh, Google, Facebook, et cetera, prevent unfair censorship, push, Internet Bill of Rights. Okay, now, first of all, the segment on Fox and Friends, which this went on in Fox and Friends for about 30 minutes, and uh, what they did was they were taking Adam Schiff saying that all these uh, tweets, you know, hashtag RTM or release the memo, 
those are Russian bots that were doing that. Well, it, very quickly it was identified uh, because Twitter was trying to support this, those Russian bots, and people inundated Schiff's office with telephone messages saying, I'm not a Russian bot. It just got inundated. And then we've gotten the metrics now. It was very clear that the hashtag release the memo was coming from hundreds of thousands of average Americans. It was not a Russian bot attack. All right. I'm going to play for you now the clip from Fox and Friends where they talk about this. Here we go. They made common cause uh, once again. Uh, Adam Schiff talking. Bots because Russian bots are pushing their narrative out there. It's in, in a redux of the campaign, we have Julian Assange and WikiLeaks and Russian trolls and bots saying, you know, hashtag whatever the GOP uh, narrative is. Really? Uh, top Democrats blaming Russian bots for the trending hashtag release the memo, demanding Twitter and Facebook investigate. This is new reports indicate that viral push is actually coming from Americans who just want answers to what's going on. Republican Congressman Ryan Fitzpatrick is a former FBI special agent, former federal prosecutor. He joins us from Philly right now to uh, chat about this. Congressman, good morning to you. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm doing okay, but I'm a little mystified. So uh, this, is, uh, this has been, uh, you know, members of Congress have been talking about how there's this four-page FISA memo that every American should see. So hashtag release the memo has been out there. And now these Democrats figure, well, Americans really don't want it. It must be the Russians, right? Well, I guess we can add that to the investigation is what the source of this is. But I think there's, uh, there's plenty of people in this country that want to see this. Absolutely. In fact, uh, apparently Twitter's internal analysis shows that authentic American accounts and not <clears throat> Russian imposters or automated bots are driving this. Uh, regarding the memo, why do you feel that it's something that every American should see as a former FBI guy? Yeah, I mean, I, I, our job, uh, Steve, um, uh, as in our oversight role is to, to follow the facts wherever they lead and to report those facts with unimpeachable integrity, as is the job of FBI investigators. Um, I would normally be hesitant um, uh, in a situation like this, but I think given uh, all the media attention and all the questions surrounding this investigation, uh, it's very important, and this is important for any FBI investigation, that the public have confidence in the integrity of that investigation. I've read the memo uh, along with several of my colleagues. Uh, in my estimation, having uh, had exposure and experience with both FISA and Title III wiretaps, that there are no law enforcement sensitive sources or methods that would, would be compromised here. And uh, you have to do that balance between the public's right to know versus uh, the need for confidentiality. And I think uh, the scale tip in, in, uh, in the interest of transparency and disclosure here. You know, it's really interesting that you should say that because uh, when you were at the FBI for a while, you worked in political corruption, so you would know that. But apparently the Department of Justice and the FBI came out last night and said, uh, hey, House of Representatives, you cannot release it because there are a bunch of secrets in it. But you're saying right now, you've read it, you've got the expertise, they're not right. Well, you know, they're entitled to their view, and, and I, I can understand why they take that position, but there's a process of declassification, so that's all part of this process. The most important thing is that we don't jeopardize any national security interests, um, that, that the memo be scrubbed, um, but there is a public transparency and a public right to know factor to this decision. So that's kind of where everybody's got to balance. I think uh, the Intelligence um, Committee, uh, along with the Homeland Security Committee that I sit on, 
should work with the Department of Justice and the FBI. There's a lot of true professionals in that organization, right. uh, as I've said. And, um, you know, that's the other side of this, Steve. You know, we have to be very careful not to judge an entire institution by the uh, a few bad actors. Well, um, absolutely. And, think, and, Congressman, how would you depict the, the tenor of uh, how angry are the, the guys, and, uh, the men and women who are still at the FBI, who you know, uh, who essentially are taking a black eye because the FBI is getting dragged through this because of, as you just mentioned, a couple of bad actors. It's really unfortunate, Steve, and it breaks my heart because it's an organization that I love. Uh, some of the finest women and men that I've ever known uh, work for that organization. They do some really important work to keep you and I and, and everybody else in America safe. And I think that's where that's what people should think of when they think of that organization. And we could take any institution and judge that institution by a few bad actors. I don't think that's the right thing to do. That being said, uh, those bad actors do need to be exposed. The facts do need to be uh, revealed. Um, and we can do that. Like, like I said, we have to follow the facts wherever they lead and report those facts with unimpeachable integrity. That's what the American people deserve. But be, being cognizant of, of um, you know, the national security interests at, at play here. You don't need Twitter to say it. Uh, he just said it. I released the memo. Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania. Sir, thank you very much for joining us live. Thanks, Steve. Okay, now we're going to go back. Now that you've heard that, we're going to go back to listen to what Dr. Corsi is saying. Here we go. Okay, so segment is now up on um, YouTube. You can watch the whole segment of it. Um, let's see if I have it here. Yeah, I've got it here. I don't know how I can get you the URL for it. Can I? Yeah, if you just drop it in voice notes, I can uh, put it in the relevant link section of our description on this video. If I put it in, where do I? Okay, can I drop it in voicemail of uh, this? Yes, sir. Hold on a second. So just down at the bottom, you got it. Okay, there it is. That's the segment right there. And you can post that up there. You can show it on the um, uh, YouTube video. People can go we'll watch just, it. Uh, we'll put this link that Dr. Corsi wants to share in the, in the description. It's the segment of the Fox and Friends uh, episode this morning that showed the Q post. So make sure you check it out and share it with your friends. Thank you. Yep, and it went on for like uh, 34 minutes. And in that, what was what they clearly established was that um, Twitter and the others were trying to lie, going back to the Russian stuff, um, you know, to support the idea that this was not people wanting to see the memo, which in fact is the truth, because this whole mainstream media, and I'm including now. The edge providers, Google, Twitter, Facebook, Amazon, hold on. And I'm on, what do we need? Yeah, everybody. It's been a while, two days, man. So, you know, okay. Now, if you if you remember the post that uh, QAnon put out on January 19, which is last week, okay, January 19 would have been, this is post number 45 that they put out in the 19th. The 19th would have been last Friday. It read, counter narrative went out at 4 a.m. to MSM contractors bracket like clockwork. You know, what that means is that 
to those who are there paying to write for the CIA, Operation Mockingbird, which goes back to the 50s. We're looking at you, wake up. He said that that went out at 4 a.m., they told him, and it was Russian bots. So on Friday, QAnon was predicting the counterattack against the Nunes memo with people saying release the memo would be for the CIA to put out the disinformation through the mainstream media that it was Russian bots. Okay, and that's exactly what they did. And also look at what QAnon said on the 19th. These people are really, really stupid. Desperation, fear. That's one of the points I want to make is that we're seeing now increasing desperation and fear because the Obama-Hillary conspirators have now begun to realize that they've failed. The the attack failed. They're not going to remove Trump from from office. However, they planned on accomplishing it. Not happening. And if you remember on the 21st of January, this was when I decoded and posted up on uh, Twitter, and I think it's on various of the the Chan, of the A-Chan subreddits, this was when this was the uh, QAnon, you know, Will Sessions dropped the hammer. It was last Sunday. And in it, he described the 16-year plan to destroy America with um, Obama's eight years and Hillary's eight years. And he laid out exactly what they were going to do to cause the coup d'etat they were trying to affect, including characterizing Snowden as having been catastrophic to the military, bad a- actors. I mean, that's what the clowns and the, and but truthfully, I think QAnon, and we'll get to this in a minute, has been both a very strong supporter of Assange and Snowden. As I suggest in that chess game, uh, QAnon is anticipating that both Snowden and Assange are going to play a role in you know the demise of this who was trying to take out Trump. Hmm. If we come back to the um, today's post, so basically um, what we're seeing here is the, the, the realization that the Russian bot um, disinformation the CIA was trying to put out through Schiff, through Twitter, through the other mainstream media is a lie. And this is a real demand by the American people to see the memo. Okay, and this also tied into the QAnon um, post from the 19th, from Friday, when he said, you know, why are we here? We're providing the crumbs in the think memo. Okay, so very central to QAnon is that this memo is part of, a key part of the counterattack that, that QAnon post from the 19th said building the army he said not convinced that this is spreading he said you the people have the power you the people just forgot how to play through the Obama years together you're strong apart you're weak they want you divided they want race wars they want class wars religious wars Political wars, they want you divided. That's Obama with Saul Alinsky 101. 
divide everybody by race, Black Lives Matter, Soros funded, by class, Antifa, by religion, LGBT and all the other agendas they can think of, you know, political wars, you know, the fighting within the parties. They want you divided. Learn, for God and country, learn, stay strong, stay together, fight, fight, fight. This is more important than you can imagine. Now, if people got to realize how important it is that this great awakening occur through the add-ons, uh, really deciphering all this, and then getting the information to the American people where the American people can begin assimilating it, begin understanding it. Mm-hmm. You know, eight, eight months ago, you had said there was a secret group meeting in the Department of Justice and the FBI that wanted to destroy Trump. You have been branded as complete conspiracy and you've been looked at as a nutcase. Okay, now, with all the information that's come out, that's choosing the crumbs, the bread that's been baked, all the awarenesses that people have come to that, you know, make you realize that, you know, Comey was writing before he interviewed Hillary. Well, you say, how could that be? You know, that begins opening your mind to the fact that the FBI was not operating in an unbiased way, but they were operating politically. So all of these things that we're going through to try to decipher this, to decode it, to figure it out, you say, well, why doesn't why doesn't QAnon just come out and say it? Because if he came out and said it, nobody would believe it. You've got to go through this process. It calls red pilling. You know, going through enough knowledge, enough information that your mind opens up and you begin to see things differently. Yeah, I feel like it's almost a sort of a process of Q, um, almost literally, in a sense, uh, opening our eyes in a uh, very, very, very gradual manner. I I mean, it has to be done that way, because if if our eyes just snap open, we will be blinded. It's not... uh, it's not something that you can just snap your eyes open and take it all. You know, it, it, you'll immediately flinch and look away. You can't. Uh, you can't stare at something so bright without um, without adjusting. You know, acclimating to it. It's, I think it's a, an apt um, analogy or metaphor. Well, and also one of the things that um, is a value to it, it also indicates um, my conclusion that he's real. Is you have to see how things connect, how they connect, how they fit together, how the pieces fit together. I'll go back to the chess game. Um, the studies have been done. Beginners in chess see the same number of moves ahead as a master does. A grandmaster can only maybe see three, four moves ahead, really. Okay, but the difference is the beginner in chess sees moves and the master sees patterns because the master knows what this configuration of pieces is, where it's capable of going, and sees the board strategically and tactically, where those fitting together pieces is apparent. Okay, and that's what QAnon is. QAnon is military intelligence. Who's ever writing QAnon has an advanced background in military intelligence. This is a military intelligence operation. And Q has said before, it's true, 
this much intelligence has never been shared with the American people ever before. And likely never again, I would imagine. I've learned a lot of intelligence in my years of different kinds of projects and clearances. And I can tell you that this is military intelligence at work. And at the highest level. Um, Raw intelligence is not very useful. What intelligence is all about is the ability to see the pattern, to do the analysis, and to put the raw intelligence into a, a structure where a conclusion can be drawn and actions can be taken. Okay, now that's what QAnon is doing. And it's still being done masterfully by someone who is trained in the art, who was brilliant at it to begin with. Okay, now when you look, go back to what Q said in the post that was today, after we got through the you know, Fox and Friends, released the memo, Russian bots, we know that that's now a CIA counter-information, disinformation attempt through their 4AM drop to the mainstream media. Now, um, now QAnon is going to make a connection. AT&T connects to, you know, look into that carrot there, no such agency contract. Okay, now the no such agency is, of course, National Security Agency. That's the agency he always refers to. And if you look, um, AT&T just won a, a, um, a um, $2.5 billion contract. I'm looking at it, too, and I'll drop. I'm going to drop this here. With the oh, NSA, ah, they just got a 2.5 billion dollar contract with the with the NSA. It just got away. Let me stop it here and say that it's um, linked on the Drudge Report right now. Uh, you can find it there, and I think it takes you to the New York Times. Okay, continuing. This was just recently. I had not heard that. Yeah, there there it goes. Okay, and the article on it, you can post that up for everybody to look at on. YouTube, uh, but the article on that was, this was a January 24th, so yesterday, they were awarded $2.5 billion from the NSA to help them build this groundbreaker project, which is a very, very big project in the NSA. It's probably going to be a 10 or $20 billion project before they're done putting together databases the USA and world. Um, we have, I've got some concerns about it, but I'm going to come back to it in a minute. And then it says AT&T slash Google, Facebook, etc. Quotation, prevent unfair censorship push. Okay, now this is something else people aren't aware of. It's um, I'm going to find it, too. Are you referring to the Breitbart article? Yeah, I mean, AT&T has been, and I'm going to commend them for this, has been, on the 24th, they did a, um, they put out a, I guess this is a Twitter post, saying consumers need an Internet Bill of Rights. We're calling on Congress to write laws that govern the Internet and protect Consumers, that's AT&T. Okay, and now Breitbart did an article on it 
in which they pull that up, in which Breitbart, yes. um, have we got the article? Yes, sir. Yeah, right here, I'll drop the link and make sure we're looking at the same one. And um, here you've got the head of AT&T <clears throat> calling for Congress to enact an Internet Bill of Rights, which would subject Facebook, Google, and other content providers to rules that would prevent unfair censorship on Internet service providers such as Comcast or AT&T, as well as content providers such as Facebook and Google. Now, this was something I did a lot of work on because I wanted the net neutrality rules repealed. If anybody thinks net neutrality is good, just understand that Soros was funding net neutrality. Soros desperately wanted net neutrality. Now, I'll explain that for a minute. Net neutrality was designed so that only the Internet service providers, only the Internet service providers, just drop the Breitbart article. You can pick it up and post it for everybody. Only the Internet service providers um, had to provide equal access to the Internet to all content providers. That meant like um, AT&T, Comcast, uh, Verizon, any of the people you connect to the Internet with. But the rules were written so that the content providers, the edge providers, which they call them, Google, Facebook, Twitter, the ones who dominate the Internet with advertising, 90% of the advertising all goes to these four or five giant edge providers. You can probably include Amazon in that. They did not have to follow net neutrality rules. They could censor anything they wanted, and what they did was all of them censored out conservative and, and libertarian content. If Hillary had won, anybody who didn't agree with the intolerant, hard-left, communist, socialist agenda, which now is where the Democratic Party has moved to, would have been considered committing a crime. And they would have censored it all out. Now, AT&T is in the middle of this huge battle with Department of Justice where they want to take over Time Warner. And the big issue there is CNN. And there's a group of these same hardcore Hillary Obama people in the Department of Justice who are trying to prevent the merger because they want CNN spun out so that Soros can buy it and make it the same anti-Trump as it is. Whereas what Trump has been wanting to do is to have AT&T control CNN because with AT&T's understanding of the need to have First Amendment free discourse, AT&T would, you know, trash Jeff Zucker's leftist hard edge Hillary Obama Democratic uh, censoring of news and would make CNN run the way it should. Now, what what um, QAnon is saying in this post is that if the CIA and Operation Mockingbird with the mainstream media it can also control Google, Facebook, Twitter, we're dead in the water because they'll just publish prompted disinformation. 
And anybody who watched James O'Keefe's Project Veritas disclosures these past two weeks of these Twitter engineers and bragging about how they were censoring should have no doubt that the future of the Internet was to be closed to discourse. We'd never be allowed to have this chat if Hillary had won. They'd be shutting this down. Okay? So so I don't disagree about that. Um, I am wondering, is this Internet Bill of Rights, uh, is there any chance that this is uh, net neutrality dressed up with a different name? Are they trying to pull the wool over our eyes? I mean, a lot of people probably want to know what the – what the specific difference might be between uh, net neutrality as it was, we know it was uh, repealed, and what this Internet Bill of Rights might contain. This Internet Bill of Rights would subject Facebook, Google, and other content providers to rules that would prevent unfair censorship on Internet Internet service providers. In other words, Nobody would be allowed to censor politically the Internet, neither the Internet service providers nor the edge providers. Now, the idea that everybody should be allowed to you know, internet, use the Internet service providers at the same cost, these ads that Burger King are running, you know, the people come in and they have to uh, pay all this money to get a Burger King, Jerry Corsi. You know, is this Jones? Uh, I'll take that later. Kent. Uh, it's just crazy here, getting in calls and all. Uh, look, this means the content. Uh, hold on. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and take it. We'll no. brain for this. Hey, got to get that brain for it, son. Actually, I'll call you. Yeah, I need to like shift. Hold on a second. What time? What? Wait. Wait a second. Hold on. Is this? Uh, what time is it now? Three o'clock already. Okay. You gotta push. You gotta push it back an hour. I'm on a, in the middle of an internet broadcast. Push back this an hour. One hour. Okay. I had a conference call. Another conference call scheduled. I had three of them today. And oh, well, our, our apologies for dipping into it. That's just. I want to do this. We're going to take more time to do this. Really critically important to me to do this and get this explained. Um, Burger King is running this where they're saying net neutrality. Say, well, you didn't pay the premium price for your burger, so yours cost. So I paid twenty-four dollars for their burger, so they get it first. And all these people get mad because you know they don't want to have to wait for their burgers. They have a big. Uh, it, that's Soros trying to make people feel that. Without net neutrality, they're, not, they're going to have to pay more for their porn. Porn's going to slow down, which is oh, actually no. what they argued. Okay, now, if you, want to, if you want the Internet to be First Amendment, then what AT&T is, you've got to have an Internet Bill of Rights, and you've got to make sure you have a First Amendment on the Internet, and you're not going to be censored. Now, the Internet service providers also can't censor. They can't say, I won't take you because I don't like what you say. You're your Second Amendment. I won't take you. So the Internet service providers and the content providers have to all play by First Amendment. That's what an Internet Bill of Rights means. Now, the issue that Soros was trying to draw everybody's attention to, you know, 
get every content at the same speed and pay the same price is socialism. Um, you want the NFL games or the hockey games or the basketball or the baseball on cable or, you know, you'll pay extra, you'll pay premium. You want Netflix? You'll pay premium. You know, you want to have a movie channel? So fine. There can be different pricing strategies for different content. That's capitalism. That's normal business. You know, yeah, you, you, can, you can pay $500 for a burger in New York City. Or you can pay five dollars for you know a meal, a Whopper meal. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that the five hundred dollar meal has got to cost five five dollars. That would be net neutrality. Okay, they they misdirected net neutrality to talk about pricing when it should have been about First Amendment. And then they came back in the back door with censorship, since they excluded the edge providers from having to be fair. That's, and they did it all wrapped up in a name that sounded like you were against motherhood, God, and country. Uh-huh. Yeah. Opposed net neutrality. Net neutrality, folks, is like a, uh, a prime example of Operation Mockingbird at work. It's, it's inc- they, uh, what they did with net neutrality, it, it's, it's just a, um, a textbook example of how they do this and how they, uh, how they manipulate uh, the public's thinking and and it, it's just uh it's incredible to me that so many people out there actually support net neutrality they know nothing about because, it because they fall for it they fall for the you know it's the orwellian packaging of the lie you know when Thucydides said it Thucydides said you know when you get into great evil they will define uh Cowardice is courage. They will define um, treason as patriotism and sell it to you. They'll redefine the words. Net neutrality was a intentional disinformation psychop packaged censorship as if it were internet freedom. Yeah. Another prime example, the Affordable Care Act. Right. Yep. Same thing. And what, look at how brilliant QAnon is. He's saying he's showing you disinformation attack. The Russian bots that were put out by the, he telegraphed that Friday. Today, you know, into the middle of next week, we're now exposing that it wasn't Russian bots that Adam Schiff is worried about. And he ties it to this AT&T Internet Bill of Rights and says you got to look through these issues because okay AT&T is going to work with the NSA but they're not but they're white hats okay that's a key issue here they're white hats they want Internet Bill of Rights okay and we're going to sort through that when we come down to Snowden and to Assange you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Trump ends up bringing Assange and Snowden back here and puts them in some positions where they're assigned to to investigate the intelligence agencies to tell us if they're being honest to search out enemies or if they're really just trying to search out conservatives and libertarians 
and it's another big censorship deal. You right. Know, because, and, and this is a fundamental, we're going to have intelligence, we're going to have community to the point where we're coming to be. Um, oh, FYI, we're having issues here. If you look at live chat, it uh, looks like people, have, like the stream's been interrupted. It has been. I'm getting the swirl. I tried refreshing. I'm not getting anything right now either. Okay, so where did we lose it? It started about 60 seconds ago. Okay, now here it is. Can you get back to it, or do we have to start a new one? And I think no, we're, we're, back we're, we're back. We're back at the uh, hashtag release the memo image. Okay, so basically, um, what was that a little tactic to, to get us off the air? Uh, it was probably Maybe they just wanted to get us. They just wanted to get us off our train of thought. Right. Yeah. So where were we, everyone? Well, well I'll tell you exactly where we were. I'm talking about how, you know, Adam. Yeah, and Adam and how look, why QAnon is tying this together with AT&T, no such agency, and why I'm tying it together with Snowden and with Assange. We talked earlier about how the Great Awakening has has to happen in stages. Okay, if the Matrix movies had not been made, the idea that we may be living in a giant hologram that could be reduced to digital structures and formation, or that we're coming into an information age in which everything can be digitally captured, okay, so that's going to happen. That, that's where we are. That's the reality. Every single word spoken on the face of the earth at some point or other or put out anywhere else can be recorded and archived. We're going to be there. Now, what are we going to do with that kind of capability? We could either do what the um, intolerant left wants us to do, could make it into a um, mind control censorship activity, where you don't get to say anything unless it's according to their prior approval of their climate change agenda. Otherwise, you know, they, you got to start looking at the Democratic Party as cultural, as, as the Mao's, you know, uh, cultural revolution of the 1960s and 70s, with the damage they did. Or you could say we're going to collect all this information, we're going to archive it, but we're going to do it. With the same principles our founding fathers had, we're going to have an Internet Bill of Rights updated into this era, and we're going to make sure that those are the values we preserve. That's the challenge. That's why Q says this is more important than you imagine. It's not just about saving Trump, okay? Because these people, the 16 years that Hillary and Obama had planned were 16 years to move into slavery, to eliminate the Constitution, and QAnon and that post over the weekend, which I decoded, laid it all out. Now, you guys should you know, reference that decode. I'll try to find it to you as we're talking along here. But you see how this all begins to really fit together. Yes, indeed. I, I want to thank you for, for voicing all this and for all the people out there who have been trying to get that out, to hear you saying this reinforces all that effort they've been putting out. Thank you. Well, no one should have any doubt that QAnon is military intelligence that is working hand-in-hand with Trump. It is critical. 
he, they, she, whomever QAnon is, is close to the president and is fundamental to turning back a coup d'etat that was on the verge of destroying what Abraham Lincoln called the last great hope. And that is our Constitution and the unique way our government has been put together, which we must return to teaching in the schools. Now, I'm going to link the uh, decode I did of the Hillary Clinton coup d'etat, because I want to make sure everybody really studies this. This Q laid it out. I'm going to put it right in here. You can put that up, make sure everybody sees it. That's the, that's the decode I did of the um, post that started, QAnon post, from Sunday the 21st of January, Will Sessions dropped the hammer. That's where the plot is laid out. Now, and let's keep... Just, which post did that run up through? That one, that is the post... Uh, that post was... Um, 47? Number 47. Ah, uh, okay. Is it just concerning that specific post? Yes. Ah, okay. Okay. Very nice. The higher decode I did on that specific post. And you can find the link to that decode now in the relevant link section of the description of this video. Thank you very much for following along, folks. Okay, let's continue because I want to, they'll be calling me back for another conference. I want to get you through these last couple more. Yeah, um, which, which are we on here? We just did, um, we just did number 60. Now, um, I want to go to, okay, I want to go to one more that we, some of these others are a little bit more difficult to explain. I want to go to um, number 158297, where, um, notice statement and focus. Yeah, on, uh, on tweet on the UK should scare a lot of people. It's, Perfect. It signifies something very important, very, very, very important. Okay, now, what this reference is is that Trump uh, flew all night and he landed and he got into um, he, he got into Davos and he went immediately into meetings. Uh, the first meeting he went into was with May in Great Britain, and he did that intentionally. And part of what they discussed. I think May agreed, part of the communications coming out of that meeting, May agreed to two things, I believe. One is that she's going to tell British intelligence to work in conjunction with Trump to disclose that not only will the Nunes memo reveal that this FISA wire, you know, FISA court approval was based on the Fusion GPS and was entirely fraudulent, illegal that Obama did to conduct electronic surveillance on his on Hillary's opponent GOP political campaign, which has never been done in American history, and a crime that is treasonous in its very nature. But that the Obama people and Hillary reached out and had Great Britain intelligence spying on Trump. That's going to shock everybody because, see, our intelligence cabal and the CIA 
John Brennan, who I've always maintained was Barack Obama's CIA handler, who always maintained Barack Obama's a CIA legend and asset back when he was probably in high school. Um, we reached out to Great Britain, who can have electronic surveillance on us because we're foreigners to them. And their laws permit that. And then they can... Then the Great Britain shares that intelligence with the CIA and with the DOJ and the FBI plotters, Comey, Strozik, McCabe, Lisa Page, the whole list of them. And they don't have to have dirty hands because they they lied to the FISA warrior court but got approval. Obama unmasked and leaked to the press the names of Trump campaign officials and what they were doing. They had this intelligence in a rigged election that Hillary still lost. And they got Great Britain to spy on us, on the Trumps and others who were probably conservative libertarian supporters of Trump during the election and afterwards. And I think that Trump got made to agree. Trump said, look, I believe we're not going to prosecute Assange, and so therefore you've got him for this technicality that he kind of like ran bail when you wanted to apprehend him before he ran into the Ecuadorian embassy because of this rape charge in Sweden. Well, Sweden's dropped the rape charge, and Trump sent his attorneys from the White House into Roger Stone's case to argue uh, that Assange had done nothing wrong because according to New York Times B. Supplement and New York Times B. U.S., which is the Pentagon Papers case, and, and Trump had the lawyers make this argument in the U.S. District Court on the 29th of December, uh, Assange had the right under the First Amendment to publish even classified information that was stolen because remember the Pentagon Papers were classified and they were stolen? The Supreme Court allowed the New York Times to publish them. So Trump said to me, well, we don't think Assange has done anything wrong. So, you know, why don't you just let him go? Uh, I, I think Assange may already be in Switzerland. And I, I think part of what uh, Trump is doing right now is setting up that rook move where the rook gets to advance up the, uh, the A column, the chessboard, and brings with him all the information that Assange has, which will probably be enough to destroy this Democratic Party in its socialist form and to really end the coup and to, uh, I think, ultimately bring treason charges against perhaps even President Obama and and Hillary Clinton. Because what they did was treasonous. What I've just described is treason. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And they did it. Okay, now look at the one that look at um, uh, there's two more that um, were, were out there that were um, not being picked up here, but they were being picked up. And Trump had one about um, John Kerry. What was the one about John? I mean, Q had one about John Kerry today. What do you have that one in front of you that you could read? Yes, where did that go? Well, let me refresh this. 
By the way, there's also this one that came out as number 605, where an anonymous posted on Q Research, M16 played ball. MI6, rather. MI6. They did the spying for us on U.S. citizens at our direction, as they always do. They They ran it out, deep state masters, question mark, and Q says more, a lot more. Okay, so May and Trump have agreed that all of the spying that was done by Great Britain, M6, will be shared, more than that shared, so we can understand the degree to which Obama and Clinton engaged M6, everybody thinking Hillary was going to win, in treason against the United States, which would have been an act of war. I thought they had an agreement uh, through the Five Eyes um, agreement that says that they basically share intelligence, and that's how they're getting around the whole you can't spy on your own citizens bit. Right. Each, each country has a law against spying on their own citizens, so they use each other's intelligence services to do the spying they wish they could do. But and, and, and when it's legitimate and you're going after true foreign enemies, intelligence agents sharing intelligence is probably a good idea to prevent another terrorist attack. But if it's a backdoor to violating U.S. law, which prohibits intelligence agency data collection against U.S. citizens simply because we asked the British to do it for us on people who had nothing to do with committing a crime but were only political enemies of the existing president and his choice for the next president, Hillary, that is not what those laws were designed to allow. Clearly, to any anybody with a lick of common sense, but that's not how they're being applied. It's not, that's being not how they're being And when Q says, yeah, they and they're, they, Great Britain's going to do that and a lot, lot more. A lot more. If Great Britain and the United States come together on this. So, so you're reading this as saying um, that uh, Great Britain and the U.S. are working together. You're referring to MI6 play ball? Yeah, it, it may told... M6, just like Trump is doing with our intelligence agencies, that now they're going to go to prison, they're going to be held accountable, they did, and she's going to share the information with President Trump. You see, the, the wording here is confusing, because I, uh, I had the same thought you did regarding the interpretation of that, but it's also, could also be interpreted as MI6 play ball, um, saying that uh, MI6 is, is not so good because they uh, they played ball with um, the Obama administration in uh, in spying on on our citizens for uh, for our government essentially. Yes, I think that's what it's saying. It's uh, it could be saying that it's uh, that the that MI6 and well Great Britain um, was playing ball with the the old administration and. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's it's very it's very hard to tell which uh, which way that goes. Oh, no, but say yes, they played ball. You you've read it correctly, 
but read it in the context. You know, read it in the context. You know, th- there was also the one Trump dropped just before that, where he said, um, you know, there had been this tweet in this 22-minute delta marker between Trump's tweet and accused as amazing coincidence. Right. Always close after crumb drops. Okay, now let's go to the communiques that are coming out today um, between Great Britain and the United States on these meetings that are being held. And um, I'll read you some of the communiques of the White Houses today, which indicate to me, uh, well, let me find them here, that um, Trump and May came to the conclusion to share all this. In other words, this is no longer going to be um, held privately. Okay, now, this is the remarks by the two. Uh, Trump says, um, Prime Minister and myself have had a really great relationship, although some people don't necessarily believe that, but I can tell you it's true. I have tremendous respect for the Prime Minister and the job she's doing. And I feel the mutual feeling is mutual from the standpoint of liking each other. And so that was a, a little bit of false rumor out there. So I want to correct it, frankly. We have great respect for everything we're doing. We love your country, Great Britain, because it's great. And we're working on transactions in terms of economic, development, trade, and mostly importantly, military. We're all very much joined to the hip when it comes to the military. We have the same ideas. Same ideals. There's nothing that could happen to you. We won't be there to fight for you. You know that. Okay, and then she comes back with a special relationship. Standing shoulder to shoulder, facing the same challenges. Trump comes back and says, one thing we trade, he talks about trade. Look forward to that. And says, well, the the state visit, and Trump says, um, you know, we'll talk about it later. Now, the White House subsequently points out that they came to agreements on national security, which includes intelligence agents, intelligence agencies. Okay, so the fact that Q is acknowledging here that, yes, this was all done in the context of the meeting there you know, there's no, there's no um, coincidences. We, we, he's stressing that M6 played ball with the Democrats because in the context of this meeting, that's not coming out. And that's not going to be placed on the table. Just like he said uh, on January 23rd, which would have been what? That was Saturday? Or was it, when was that, Sunday? Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday, Monday yep. It says, uh, at Snowden, how's Russia? Almost time, Q. Okay, so Snowden's coming out, and Assange is coming out. And in the context of this meeting, first meeting with May, Q is tweeting about M6 and the things they did. And the memo's about to drop from Nunes, which um, has been referred to repeatedly 
last few days in the Q drops. Memo's coming. Um, January 21, Will Sessions dropped the hammer. Memo shifts narratives. Memo reinstates Sessions' authority. Memo factually demonstrates collusion at the highest level. Memo factually demonstrates Hussein administration weaponized intelligence to ensure democratic victory plus insurance. Memory memo factually demonstrates knowingly false intelligence provided FISA judges to obtain warrants. They thought she would not lose. And today they're combining it with the second shoot of all, which is the fact that M6 was also playing ball with Obama wiretapping on Trump's campaign and transition, electronic surveillance. Okay, and that's all coming out now. Now let's go to the John Kerry one. Yes, the last one with the link to Dallas. Read that one. Shall we read out the article? Uh, yeah, let's, let's make sure we link that article too. Let me, uh, I don't know if it's a video or an article, I don't recall. There's both. Well, let me, let me uh, go ahead I'll and read through it here. Go I'll confirm. put it in the, Oh, go ahead, man. I'll put it in the description for our, our fans who can follow along. Yeah, it's John Kerry yeah, with Palestinians. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, that's right. All right, so we have confirmed. And did anyone the notice? Did anyone notice that John Kerry here has a live strong armband on his left arm, like yes. it's still 2007? Yes, he does. What is up with that? What's the loser? Well, John Kerry always liked those little leftist things, those little, you know, blah blah. blah. He always liked For that little, little virtue signaling trinket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, what what Kerry told Mahmoud. Abbas, Palestinian leader authority, according to the Jerusalem Port Post, this is where it originated, was to hold on and be strong. That um, he should stay strong in his spirit and play for time. That he will not break and not yield to Donald Trump's remarks. Uh, suggesting um, that Trump is not going to be there for much longer. Because we know they were we're gonna, there, were, there was an attempt or multiple attempts or a plot to attempt on the president's life from the Q post you just read about the memo. I believe it was there. Yes, about the memo that's, that's there. That uh, the I'll go back to that. <clears throat> that Kerry said, um, and here's the Jerusalem Post article. I'll also link it to you guys where he told a boss that um, – you know, don't be fooled by Trump because he's not going to last very long. Okay, now, you couple that with the fact that Obama is lawyering up and Obama is um, frightened, but also uh, you have, why don't you read that Q post today because it links Kerry and Obama together in it. Yeah, sure. Just a second. It's okay. Confirmed. And it links the article. Next line down is why did Hussein travel ahead of POTUS? 
In quotes, we have, would not be in office for long, suggesting he could be out in a year, end quote. Reread crumbs. Future unlocks past. Cute. Right. So you've got Obama in, you know, making, giving, carrying, carrying the same message as Kerry is, and basically saying Trump isn't going to be there forever. He's not going to be there forever. Okay, so if you track back the travels and the crossing of paths, and you know, we've been hard to find where Obama is. But Obama's clearly been, you know, in this uh, worried about his globalist legacy in the Middle East and communicating to um, the Palestinians that Trump moving the embassy to Jerusalem, Trump's pledge of following through with Netanyahu won't mean anything because he's not going to be there for very long. Okay, now, I want to go to um, the post about the post uh, about the um, the the text messages that um, Strozek and um, uh, was exchanging with Lisa pa- Lisa Page, and um, let's see the twenty twenty third. Are you referring to the one that reads, what would happen if text originated yeah. from a FBI? That's it. That's the one on the 22nd. What happened if text originating from an FBI agent to several internals discussed the assassination possibility of the POTUS or a member of his family? Okay, what is the te- then he goes on to the Russians were no longer involved, but end of the FBI, end of the DOJ, End of the, the whole Russian special council. Okay, now, I think that's why those 50,000 emails were missing, is that once they moved, they're going to try to beat Trump. And Trump beat a rigged election because so few people showed up for Hillary that they, yes, they cheated votes all over the place, but they couldn't cheat enough. Even they were shocked. They hadn't cheated enough. Vote fraud. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they really did not think she was going to lose. They thought they had it in the bag. Well, they had the, the they had an advantage with California, New York, New Jersey, and the Electoral College to begin with. They had all the states that they were concerned about, the swing states with the voting machines rigged and all their voting fraud set up, both the graveyard, bus people in. But so few people voted for Hillary that she lost a rigged election. Okay? <laughs> and, so funny to think about. Oh, I love that. Yeah, well, of course, we're all fighting so hard to make sure she did. I mean, look at the optics of when she fainted in 9-11, trying her sicknesses, her inability to function, her identity politics, uh, calling everybody the deplorables. I mean, you know, how, this was she ran the worst campaign Ever. I, I think only Oprah, or maybe John Kerry a second try. Those be, it takes somebody that bad to, to do worse than Hillary did. Maybe uh, Hillary, not to mention. The Democrats don't have a candidate right now. 
Okay, now, then they moved to saying, okay, well, Strozek and Page, well, we've got to have insurance. Well, we'll have this Russian collusion, this Fusion GPS, and it will be our insurance that we can have special counsel. Maybe we can prevent them from taking the oath. Maybe we can have, you know, people not vote in the Electoral College the way the states voted. Or maybe we do a couple of recounts. Well, that failed. Okay, now we'll use the Fusion GPS, and it'll be the basis for our special prosecutor, and we'll impeach. Well, that failed. Okay, here's Marshall's brilliant attack. Marshall had worked, I think, on that attack for years to beat Capablanca in 1918. And Capablanca uh, had to see it, and just a couple moves that he had to make. If he didn't make, he'd have lost. And that's, you know, the rigged election. And Capablanca fended off that attack. And so now they're down to killing Trump. Assassination attempts. And I think you're going to find Secret Service being replaced. You're going to find an increasing necessity to have Trump uh, guarded by military. I think the general's moving in. Uh, QAnon said many, many times, why are the generals here? Generals are here because now the coup that was planned three years ago to get rid of these traitors out of CIA, out of, you know, the core heart of the Democratic Party, out of um, the core of the Department of Justice and the FBI, IRS, EPA, Google down the list. That coup is going to happen. And from what... um, Kiran is saying that we'll first counter it, you know, make sure Trump is safe and the memo is going to be released. They're going to understand the Russian collusion. They're going to understand the use of intelligence. They're going to see that the the treason goes to Obama because he participated in getting Great Britain to spy on U.S. citizens and the campaign of Trump and the FISA court through lies. But now, the real shoe is going to drop. And on that post where January 22nd, where QAnon was talking about um, internal, these memos talk about assassination, he shifts gears midway and says, think logically, lawless, think logically. People don't follow laws. They don't follow laws. They have no morals. A completely sociopathic, if not psychopathic. We haven't started the drops, Ray, human trafficking, sacri- yet worst. Okay, that's coming next. And what is I said, what a doozy. And he's warning everybody. This is, I'm going to warn everybody. When it goes here, it's not for everybody. Because what's going to be exposed is going to be so deeply disturbing. If you can't, if you can't handle it, just just stay on the surface of it. But I'm going to tell people, get ready because things that are going to come out now, not everybody should watch, not everybody should look at, not everybody should think about. They're going to be too deeply disturbing. Those who those good who 
who know cannot sleep, cannot find peace, cannot rest until those responsible are held accountable. Now, that's the definition of righteous indignation. It's biblical. It goes back thousands of years. That's what righteous indignation means. But it isn't for everybody because he says next, nobody can possibly imagine the pure evil and corruption out there. And those you trust are most guilty of sin at the top. Okay, and this is why the Pizzagate and Snowden and all these other things from Hassan, um, this is the next shoe to drop. Those who were taught to trust are the most guilty of the sin. That's the, that's the fundamental breach of trust, to realize that you were born to criminals or that you had been led by criminals. Your teachers, your, your priests, your pastors, your, I mean, officers of the law in many cases. It's just your, your parents, the legal system. Yeah, absolutely, your parents. Yeah, oh, um, before I forget, you mentioned uh, righteous indignation before that that was um, describing righteous indignation. A little interesting bit of trivia for all of you out there that do not know. Um, Andrew Breitbart wrote a book titled Righteous Indignation. I recommend you all go read it as soon as you can. It's a fantastic book. Andrew Breitbart is a hero to me and to, to many of us, I know, um, I, I wish he I wish he could be here to see the movement he had a hand in in commenting and um and really really getting off the ground. Uh he, he's he's a hero to many of us and he, he was um ahead of his time in, in many respects and unfortunately he's not with us to uh to see what's happening. So Well he's he, he's here in spirit and I I miss him too. I knew him quite well. And spoke to him just before um, he was killed. And uh, I resent that there's not been a fuller investigation on it. Um, I'm trying to respect. I was investigating it when basically the communications from family didn't want to investigate it any further. But I think more on that may become known when we find out about Seth Rich. And they're they're both killed. And you know, Breitbart was about to release some pretty important information. And ultimately, did get out. You know about Obama. This was back in the birth certificate era, and all that was about. He called everything about Podesta being. Yes, he did. The, the dirty, disgusting, yeah, piece of crap he is. And he called that all years ago. But the point is this, the point is this, that, um, you know, biblically, Matthew and the like, they said, uh, everything comes out. It all comes out. And what QAnon is doing, and this is, I think, where we have to really understand that the QAnon identity is military intelligence, uh, a patriot at the highest level, working with Trump to beat this coup which they will beat, and bringing you know, and doing it in a way where the American people can be shared intelligence as is going on, which even in Watergate did not happen. So the American people can be fully understanding of this evil to the point where the last shoe is going to come out 
we're going to see Satanism, the evil, which when you understand the human trafficking, the human sacrificing, the pedophilia, the absolute, you know, immorality that was and, and is twisted. I mean, I'm really going to recommend it against stress to a lot of people. Don't go there. Stay on the surface of this. I, I, I've said this before. I know we've discussed this on air, and I think I mentioned it at some point in the uh, the interview I, I did with Rob Dew, but we have all seen things that we wish on, on one level that we could unsee. Well, you're just getting the first clue of it here. Right. You're basically getting the clue that this was coming next. Uh, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work with State Department on terrorism. I've been trained by some of the best psychiatrists and psychologists in the world. I, I comprehend all this. I've dealt with some very bad people, and, you know, I can handle what's coming now. There will be a number of us who can handle it. But this corruption is going to be so fundamentally disturbing and it has to be understood because it is parents, it is heads of state, it is, you know, those who have been in power as a you know, position of power and authority. And it's going to extend right through the entire globalist system. Uh, QAnon is not here on some simple mission. And he's very highly trained to be able to do it in a way that will cause a great awakening and to bring those who come along until they really understand. And it is truly an insight of how psychology works to be able to bring people along like this. And Trump is the grand architect of it because Trump is, is the only person I think um, who I've ever met who's capable of this. And Trump can pull it off. Amen. He said, have to stay alive, but he can pull it off because he... As a, never forget, he was raised in a church where Norman Vincent Peale preached. He came up with the right mental conditioning and understands what his purpose is on this earth and what his value is, and is not here to glorify his ego. He didn't have to do this. The very the White House is really actually kind of a dingy place for him. You know, he had all the marble and gold he wanted at Mar-a-Lago tower. Why does he have to live in that little tiny goldfish bowl that Bill Clinton rightly called the crown jewel of the federal prison system? And I think you've got to basically understand that we have here a this is the second revolution. The last thing I want to say, and then I'm going to have to go on, is that just like the first revolution was, was waged initially by anonymous and not by a majority of the American population and that's the 17th 70s period, but the Thomas Paine, the Sam Adams, you know, who wrote Common Sense? Well, it didn't matter. It was pamphleted. It's anonymous. But yeah, I don't right know if I ever told you that's where the inspiration for my name came from was from uh, Mr. Thomas Paine. This guy drives me crazy. I wish he'd just hush. And the anonymous movement, which is entirely the genesis of the American people waking up to the revolution and creating the government they created. Uh, even the Federalist Papers were not published under the names of the authors, debated as to who wrote them. Because 
the anonymous who were the ones who carried it. And that's, this is the same methodology that's being used today for the second American Revolution. And it's, this is what this is. And it's a revolution against the globalists, against the Soroses, the Rothschilds, the central bankers, the deep statists, those who think they know better than we do. Uh, it, it has to have an Internet Bill of Rights. It has to go back to trusting the average person in free discourse. And if we can pull this off, it can lead to a rebirth. Um, I'll just add, when, when Trump flew off to uh, Davos, I tweeted and I encouraged him to reread Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. Uh, because that's what this is about. Okay, I've got some other things i got to get to today. It's uh, been a real pleasure to be with you, and we'll do it more. Thank, thank you. Thank you, very yeah, thank you very, very much for coming. Okay. Pretty, uh, pretty intensive stuff, huh? I thought you'd want to hear it. I listened to it today and thought, well, uh, this is quite long, but I think that it's worth listening to. One other thing I wanted to mention as well, and that is that um, the media has been making quite a bit of the fact that uh, Melania has not accompanied him on this trip to Davos. And they're saying that it's uh, she's staying at home because of the porn star issue, uh, you know, that supposedly came out in the book, um, uh, what's his name's book, Mike, Michael, uh, whatever his name is, Michael Wolf, I think it is, uh, Fast and uh, Fire and Fury, whatever, uh, that supposedly uh, Trump had um, cheated on Melania just a few months after their son Baron was born with a porn star, uh, Stormy Daniels is her name. And uh, uh, the media is making it seem, and it could be true, I don't know, uh, that she's not happy with (laughs) Mr. Trump. And um, it didn't look like she was particularly happy on uh, when they lit the Christmas tree, the Capitol Christmas tree. They also point out to the fact that uh, she did go to Mar-a-Lago with him when he was there the last time, but there were two big dinners that were held, and she did not attend either one of them. And that she did not, uh, she changed her plans. She was supposed to go to Davos with him, and she abruptly changed her plans and uh, claiming that she had some scheduling issues. Uh, That may all well be true. I mean, you know, we women, we if our man does that to us, you know, we're just going to, you know, <laughs> yeah, flip him off. But could it also be this? Did Melania stay home because of the perceived risk to Trump? Now, his security is intact over there in Davos. Also in Air Force One. The pen, the pen... It was it was it was positioned on top of a piece of paper that had the White House uh, uh, logo on it. The piece of paper was face down, and as Corsi uh, indicated, he thinks that it was the approval or the release to let that memo go go out. Now, supposedly, the memo is still being checked and rechecked. Okay, 
But I think that this was maybe a preemptive move on behalf of uh, President Trump to sign off on the release of that memo, knowing that if the release came while he was in Davos this week, that it could go. All right. So. And the other thing, too, is that QAnon indicated that the, the president's security was intact. Um, I got, and I can't remember where I read it, which, which message it was, but I got I, something in the back of my mind tells me that not only is he, his security intact, but it's likely he won't even be, people won't know where he is when it comes down, when it all comes down. So your eyes open. Your ears open. Um, I mean, you know, we'll find out. And keep checking back at, at the uh, io uh, website because that's where all of uh, Q's messages are posted. All right? Okay. All right. Well, that should just about wrap it up for me for tonight. And um, appreciate you hanging in there. Uh, evidently, you folks were pretty interested because <laughs> you hung out there. And I appreciate it very, very much. So anyway, we'll be back here again on Monday. In the meantime, you have a great weekend, everyone. Have a wonderful weekend. Oh, and oh, also, I'm going to leave this. Let me back up a minute because I want to, I want to say something else, too. Q mentioned a video. He wanted people to watch this video. And so, and this was yesterday's post, yesterday's message. So I clicked on the link, and it took me to this video that I'm going to play for you, and this will end the show. It is a video of Donald Trump, and as Farmer Jones said on his uh, video uh, broadcast today on YouTube, he could not stop talking about this. He had never seen it before. It blew him away, and he, he told his, his listeners, You've got to watch this. I mean, he was, he must have said it a half a dozen times in a 20 minute download. So, anyway, I'm going to leave you with it and I will wish you all a good night. Have a great weekend. We'll be back here again on Monday. God bless you all. God bless America. And don't forget Our movement is about replacing a failed and corrupt political establishment with a new government controlled by you, the American people. The Washington establishment and the financial and media corporations that fund it exists for only one reason, to protect and enrich itself. The establishment has trillions of dollars at stake in this election. For those who control the levers of power in Washington and for the global special interest, they partner with these people that don't have your good in mind. Our campaign represents a true existential threat like they haven't seen before. This is not simply another four-year election. This is a crossroads in the history of our civilization that will determine whether or not we, the people, reclaim control over our government. The political establishment that is trying to stop us is the same group responsible for our disastrous trade deals, massive illegal immigration, and economic and foreign policies that have bled our country dry. The political establishment has brought about the destruction of our factories and our jobs, 
as they flee to Mexico, China, and other countries all around the world. It's a global power structure that is responsible for the economic decisions that have robbed our working class, stripped our country of its wealth, and put that money into the pockets of a handful of large corporations and political entities. This is a struggle for the survival of our nation. And this will be our last chance to save it. This election will determine whether we're a free nation or whether we have only the illusion of democracy, but are in fact controlled by a small handful of global special interests rigging the system, and our system is rigged. This is reality. You know it, they know it, I know it, and pretty much the whole world knows it. The Clinton machine is at the center of this power structure. We've seen this firsthand in the WikiLeaks documents in which Hillary Clinton meets in secret with international banks to plot the destruction of U.S. sovereignty in order to enrich these global financial powers, her special interest friends, and her donors. Honestly, she should be locked up. The most powerful weapon deployed by the Clintons is the corporate media, the press. Let's be clear on one thing. The corporate media in our country is no longer involved in journalism. They're a political special interest, no different than any lobbyist or other financial entity with a total political agenda. And the agenda is not for you, it's for themselves. Anyone who challenges their control is deemed a sexist, a racist, a xenophobe. They will lie, 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 and then again, they will do worse than that. They will do whatever is necessary. The Clintons are criminals, remember that. This is well documented, and the establishment that protects them has engaged in a massive cover-up of widespread criminal activity at the State Department and the Clinton Foundation in order to keep the Clintons in power. They knew they would throw every lie they could at me and my family and my loved ones. They knew they would stop at nothing to try to stop me. Nevertheless, I take all of these slings and arrows gladly for you. I take them for our movement so that we can have our country back. I knew this day would arrive. It's only a question of when. And I knew the American people would rise above it and vote for the future they deserve. The only thing that can stop this corrupt machine is you. The only force strong enough to save our country is us. The only people brave enough to vote out this corrupt establishment is you, the American people. Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. I didn't need to do this, though, believe me. I built a great company, and I had a wonderful life. I could have enjoyed the fruits and benefits of years of successful business deals and businesses for myself and my family, instead of going through this absolute horror show of lies, deceptions, malicious attacks. Who would have thought? I'm doing it because this country has given me so much, and I feel so strongly that it's my turn to give back to the country that I love. I'm doing this for the people 
and for the movement. And we will take back this country for you, and we will make America great again.